Right now, she looks like Russell Wilson's ex-girlfriend. I don't even know who that is, but he definitely... Russell Wilson? Can you can you put a picture of her up in here real quick? No, she looks worse than that. I remember that white woman. She looks worse than that. If you remember that iconic photo of when he got drafted, yeah, yeah, yeah. look on her face like, we did it! <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> uh, she fumbled the like... bag just like that. Yeah. She got too excited. This is a new motherfucking intro. Because someone don't want their voice on the show. So now we have a new motherfucking intro. Welcome to Decoding 40. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that magnificent intro, so you know what time it is. It is the fastest, funniest hour in podcasting history, presence, and future. This is Decoding 40. This is your humble host, L.O. AKA, I'm going to just say it. I'm the big motherfucking spoon so uh i'm joined <laughs> with two of the illustrious voices in podcasting gentlemen introduce yourselves please what's up what's up it's your boy vin in the building aka the ceo of comedic operations here at the decoding 40 media conglomerate factory <laughs> turn out the jokes incorporated we got t-shirts son we doing all that shit son come get it uh, this is Alaric. Nice. Welcome, gentlemen. So, as always, as we do every week, we deal with the little housekeeping that we have to do. If you are looking to contact us, please do so on any of our social media con. Uh, what do I want to say? Platform. Constructs. Constructs, yes. <laughs> as we. <laughs> you, you, I've been taking my IT yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please join us on our constructs as we build these thoughts out. <laughs> No, seriously, on our, any platform, it's at Decoding40. If you want to send us an email, it's Decoding40 at gmail.com. If you want to buy some merch and some nice T-shirts that will keep you looking stylish in from the spring into the summer, and as the gentlemen always say, when it gets cool, you need to still throw on a sweatshirt or a hoodie, go to Decoding40pod.com. If you want to give us a call or text us, it's 619-940-4040. And with that said, let's start the A block of the show also known as the check-in. Who would like to start? I'll go first. Go for it. Go for it. Sound like fucking Rocky movie. I must break you. <laughs> go for it. Adrian, um, <laughs> what's been going, what's going on? Uh, you know what? I've, I finished my first week of uh, IT school, and uh, you know we went through the three chapters on the history of computers, and we went through... What else we talk about? It's a whole lot of stuff in there. <laughs> I can't really remember right now. It's in my head. What? It's in my head. I can't remember. <laughs> no pressure. No. Pressure. I mean, he's learning something. He's not calling it it school anymore. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was I was in it school today. I tell you what, we learned how to turn on the, the Macintosh computers because that's how we got here to it school. Um, I'm at the it so, school. No, we no. Um, just different operating systems. How to start a file in uh, Linux? How to start a file in um in uh, Microsoft? But, but it's it's. I haven't really done any hands-on stuff. A lot of it's just been videos and parts of the computers talking about you know how to build the computer. So now I, I can basically build a computer with the motherboard, the RAM, and all of that. So you, you can learn gum. these things and some gum and a prayer. 
then it will work. <laughs> but um, <laughs> please, Jesus, but is this it, MacGyver school? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it tell you know it, it talks about the little idiosyncrasies in regards to like making sure that you have the proper RAM, that you have the that everything is compatible based on 32 bits or 64 bits or as high as you know whatever it goes uh you know it's good stuff i'm having a pretty good time of it but what i really really like about the course is them helping to help you build your resume and your linkedin which i need help with and uh i reached out to l because i was i was going over what was the terminology that that i said was a trend was the word transferable skills that's the word i'm looking for transferable skills and i really really uh, that really caught my mind and caught my eye, as a matter of fact, just because I'm trying to realize or recognize my transferable skills. And just doing that exercise really opened, a, opened my eyes a lot and made me realize how I need to get a job and how to get a job uh, once I get this this uh, IT thing um, done. But um, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting as far as just doing something different outside of what I've been doing, which is pretty much a whole lot of nothing outside of driving Uber, which I've had enough of 12 more, 13 more weeks and I'll graduate and hopefully I'll get a job. But anyway, um, what else is going on? Oh, today uh, I ran back home, was running a little late because I went to see my daughter perform at school. She had her end of the year concert with all the usual suspects. And like, I've been to several of the concerts already and it gets kind of funny after a while because you, you get to realize, you get to recognize some of the performers and you know, when they come on stage, it's either going to be really, really good or really horrible. <laughs> and there's this one girl that me and the wife call, what do we call her? Moves. Y'all are terrible. Y'all are we call, terrible. We call her moves. Y'all are terrible. Y'all are sitting in the audience talking shit about fucking high school kids. Wait, Y'all wait, are wait, terrible. Wait, Come on, man. man. Wait, 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 no, no, wait, hold on. Wait. Have you ever have you ever gone out with these two <laughs> and have them start running jokes on folks? Yo. Oh my god. They're we call brutal. Them moves. So we call them moves. Because she does these moves. It doesn't matter what the song is. She's doing these moves, these dances. <laughs> is it a sway? It's I don't know. It's just this movement. You know what she reminds me of? You know what she fucking dances like? This kid dances like um from Seinfeld. Elaine. What Elaine what's from Seinfeld? Elaine. Elaine. She dances like Elaine from fucking Seinfeld. Wow. 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 Smooth moves. Smooth yeah, smooth moves. So we should call it moves, right? but can't sing a lick her voice is oh she's got a bad bad voice got the moves but um my daughter plays the bass and she's really really good at it. like i we can actually can hear hear the bass in some of the songs this time and she was really on point with it man like i'm you know i'm and she self-taught I, she taught herself initially wow. yes and then does she, through, does she does she know who larry graham is um does I she know who bootsy collins is Oh yeah, um, she's heard of those. You know what's what's was good about the teacher? He, they like I did like I well today's concert was like a rendition. They went over the different decades, so they started in the forties all the way up to I guess the two thousands. But I've um gone to other concerts where he's touched on Bootsy. He's touched on like they did a, a Hendrix thing today tonight. So they did Voodoo Child and uh Fire, um Fire in the Sky. I think it is the name of the song. But they he they go through a lot of different um you know musical genres and artists as well. So they they they'll, they'll touch pop. They'll fuck with hip hop. 
And they'll do, this, they did this, all. That's your, that's your job, Dad. What's that? Introducing her to Booty Collins and Larry Graham. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Nile know. Rogers. No, yeah, Nile Rogers. He doesn't play the bass, but him too. I'm just saying. He's, yeah. Well, she's trying to teach. She's trying to learn the guitar as well. And, um, oh, you know, she's Prince. got, I bought her a she guitar. Knew, of, course, she she better know, she, of course, she knows the princess. She better know princess. Kidding me? But listen, it, it was it was a good. It's overall they're very entertaining children. They they have some very talented children there. There are some that probably should not sing, but that's you know that's subjective, I guess, to the ear. A person who's deaf, maybe. But listen, it was it was a it was a, hey hey moves. That's gonna be a no, dog. <laughs> uh, you sound like you were singing karaoke at a prison. And someone cut. <laughs> someone was shanking you. Someone was shanked while someone shanked you in the showers. <laughs> but not in a good way. But not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Moose. That's going to be a no for oh, me, dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Damn. so... Other than that, you know, oh, I went on a hike the other day. I actually got some exercise, which was fun. Uh, I went to Eagle Rock, which is in uh, Jersey. If you ever go there, it's very nice. It's a quick, we were out there for about an hour and a half, walking through the woods. We brought the dog with us, and she had a good time. And, uh, you know, other than that, that's uh, pretty much my week in a wrap. What's the elevation over in Eagle Rock? Elevation? Well, I didn't have my compass out. Uh, I had my tell this dude is in... uh... (laughs) What was your elevation of? <laughs> no, nah, oh, the elevation. Was. I hope you weren't trying to measure it with your compass. Burn. That's a hiking burn if I've ever heard <laughs> Were you using cleats or were you? Well, well now. <laughs> well, well now. Someone's feeling spicy. <laughs> <laughs> hope you didn't use your compass, fool. <laughs> it's another episode of Decoding 40 Compass Style. <laughs> oh, you of guys. <laughs> Decoding 40 Hamptons. <laughs> Decoding 40 Maine. Wow. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's my check. All right. Thank you, sir. Merch drop. You are now listening to Decoding 40. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This has been from Decoding 40, letting you know about Decoding40pod.com. That's right, Decoding40pod.com. That's our new site that's got all our merch on it. Decoding40pod.com. Decoding40pod.com. I'm in West Virginia. I'm in Lewisburg, West Virginia, on another episode of Farnwood Builders. Weather is beautiful. This time of year, in this part of the country is really, really gorgeous. Everything is green. There's all these rolling hills, mountains. Um, I'm, I'm actually really happy to be on this because there's no other way I would have seen this part of the country. Um, and that's really, really it. I mean, I feel like I've nothing has really happened except I, I left home again. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little wary of living out of a suitcase now. Mm. Uh, has has the son and wife recovered from their COVID? Yes, they're right. both fully fully recovered. Um, they both tested negative by like f- 
by Friday nice. um, of last week. They both tested negative. So everybody's good. Back to normal. There's one, one thing I wanted to talk about. My, my son is really, really starting to get a mouth on him. Like, <laughs> yo, this this kid is a bit... He, you know, he told the babysitter. Hit us with him. So, so tonight, my, my wife was telling me that um, the babysitter was trying to get him to do something and he he didn't want to do it. And then she eventually got him to do it. And he turns to her and he's like, you're so annoying. <laughs> Yo, this kid is four. He's four years old. He's so annoying. Oh, shit. I wonder where With, he got that from. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know. Okay, at least it's at least so it's not as bad as that other kid. Oh, Who's the one at the graduation? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> no he, 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 he getting hands laid on him. But uh, uh, but here's the thing: it's like he's been getting sassy with her for a little while now, and she has been sort of hesitant to tell us because she didn't really want the kids to get in trouble, but like now we're like laying down new rules. Like every time you're rude, you do not listen. You don't follow rules. Something is getting taken away. So they thought I was playing around with this new rule. Mm. And my son had a bag of marshmallows. He took one marshmallow. I said, okay, put the rest back. As he's walking to give them to me, he's reaching in the bag to take another (laughs) one as if I can't see you doing that. So I'm like, I, I see Fuck what that. you're doing. Give me the bag. And now you get you, you can't use the laptop because he likes to use the laptop. Oh, here's another thing. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But he likes to use a laptop to watch uh, videos on YouTube of animals killing other animals. Is that weird? Okay. That's He's four. Anyway, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> he likes to move on. He's, he's a fan of the big cats killing zebras and impalas yeah anyway Real so quick. you got to take those things away i think children are fascinated um especially when he, yeah and especially his son because his son you he's always been a thing he's always been a child that likes always. nature so yeah. i think it's just a natural progression of mm. the, the thought process uh, i remember being a kid yeah. watching that shit on na- nature I, I was conflicted. I was conflicted seeing, because seeing death or you just seeing the attacks. Yeah, you see in nature, you in the show nature, you they would show on channel thirteen, you the the fucking tiger or whatever it was would, would whoop some ass, snatch up a gazelle and grab him by the throat. Yeah, you saw that shit on channel thirteen. And, and they would show the tiger eating the gazelle? You no, would get crunching, no, you would no. hear, they would see them catching it and, and killing right, it. Right, right. Yeah. That's what yeah. like well, that's but they, I don't need to see it. Well, now you can actually no, no, no. On, on YouTube, you can actually <laughs> they actually eat it is so shit. <laughs> so I, I was conflicted because he loves he loves animals. I his favorite toys in the world are his animals. Like he's got if he uh, starts burning the lions, toys, be scared. <laughs> no, no, he's he's got like. Little a lion figurines, his cheetah figurines, his his wild African wild dog figurines, his mm. wildebeest. Like those are his his, his prized possessions, mm. right? Mm. So when he wants to watch, and he and he's, he knows a, more about animals than probably either any of us know. Like mm. he knows all these little facts about animals because he watches everything that has to do with animals. So how do I tell him? No, you can't watch this on YouTube because I mean it's it's nature. Like it's it's not it's, a it's not anything life, perverse, right? Right. It's life. not 
I think if it was like human on human violence, yeah, yeah I think I wouldn't allow, allow World Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not World Star. You're you're tw- you're a little too young. You'll have to wait till you're seven. <laughs> Daddy, let me see that Sharkeisha video. <laughs> Sharkeisha, no. <laughs> Yo, I had a wild thought. Like, what if he's so savvy enough to think, I got to catch COVID again. These dudes are getting on my nerves. <laughs> I hope not. But you never know what's going on. They're always trying to figure out how to manipulate us. So. Right, exactly. Oh, man. But that's cool, though. Yeah, so that's my short check-in. Um, nice. I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, for my check-in, um, I'm going to try to make it quick. I am literally hate-watching Mad Men. <laughs> I have made it through two seasons and wow, nothing. I, I feel nothing for these characters. They literally could all burn up in that office building, and I would be <laughs> like, that is an adequate ending to this series. No, nope. you, like- you That's not how you really feel. You don't get through two seasons no, and not want to see a next episode. I'm I'm hate watching this. Like this each episode I'm like, all right, let's hopefully it gets better. And it doesn't. And I'm in season three. I finished season, the fir- first episode of season three. And I'm like, I hate these people. I hate all of them. This next episode. Yeah, I don't even I and I was talking to someone who really loves Mad Men series earlier today. And she just was flabbing. I mean, literally when we were talking on video and her jaw literally dropped when I said, this show is trash. (laughs) (laughs) It just, I I literally want to like it, but I don't see any redeeming value in any of these characters. You do like it. You do like it. No one watches two seasons of a show they hate. I, I can't watch two episodes of a show I hate. And, and start me, and you started a third season. Let me show you how <laughs> I'm gonna, watching it. It's playing. Series. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm got my phone, I've got my laptop up. I might turn up to these are despicable people. Like th- there's no one in the bunch that is like, oh, okay, this is a cool character. Drape, yeah, is, Drape is horrible. His wife is horrible. Who's the other? Peggy is horrible. Campbell is horrible. Yeah. All of the people who work, Sterling is horrible. All of them are horrible. Remember I was saying last week is like what you saw on the surface was this polished idea of of, uh, American uh, exceptionalism. But then as you watch, you see that every character is deeply flawed. And that's what made it interesting. That's what made it that's that to me is what 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 made the show good was that the facade falls apart. The longer you get to know them, the more you get to know that. But I guess I never saw them as keeping up a facade. Like immediately, it just seemed like this. All these people are trash. <laughs> like I'm literally trying to find Basura. Like, Basura. I'm trying to and I'm not joking. I'm literally yeah. trying to find something to latch on to the show. That's why I keep watching. Because I because I, I feel like I can't be the only one feeling like this. And people are obviously seeing something. Nigga, look for the Reddit posts. I've you read Reddit posts. I've read the Reddit posts. People who hate mad men. I've read critiques of this show. Everybody loves this show. And I'm I'm sitting here watching the show like I just don't get it. But you still keep watching. But I'm not watching it entertain. I don't feel like 
I'm entertained. I feel like I'm I hate like, that I have to watch this. I don't feel like it's a good show. I don't want to watch this, but I'm going to watch it. But it's just like playing. But it's not even like I'm like. Mm. And then I'm in, I'm caught in like there's three there's uh there's five epi- uh, five seasons. So do I finish it and really hate the whole series so I can yeah. just be. Yeah. I hate it. Whole, whole, be, all be, five seasons. I hated them. I do. What, what's Don doing? Oh, don't do that, John. And and, I, and the other thing is, we could talk about this offline because uh, the storylines are horrible. I don't agree. Don in California, that whole storyline was like, "Give me a break. Give me a break." This, I've never seen. I don't think one episode of Mad. Don't and, and, do and not. Never, and never, never was like I want to sit down and binge watch this show. Do not. Right. I, I, I def- tried. Def- I definitely tried do not Bad. watch two seasons and start on the third. Don't yeah. Do don't that. don't do that. I um, definitely wasted time. I should have been watching you, and I started watching this crap, and I'm like, eh. I tried watching Breaking Bad, but I never got into Breaking Bad. I think I watched maybe about now four or five episodes. Now you're absolutely bugging. I just, Breaking I, Bad was great. I'm not saying that it's a bad show. I just, it never, like, The Wire hooks you. The, the Sopranos hooked you. The, 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 those, to me, those shows hooked you. It's like, I appreciate Breaking Bad, but I want it wound up being background shit for me while I was on my phone after, like, a couple episodes. Like I, I feel I you. I, and that's what, that's what Mad Men is. It's like, it's... I'll look up and I'll be like, oh, you're still trash, people. <laughs> you're still drinking? <laughs> Smoking And the they drink again. incessantly. It's like, give me a break. I did want to look up what are they actually drinking as actors. That has to be apple juice or something. Yeah, yeah. they don't drink some sort of colored uh, water yeah. or something. Colored. Um, colored. A minute. <laughs> and that that would, yeah. And then the, the whole black-white uh, dynamic is, it, it's so annoying. Black folks don't exist on that show. Yeah, they do. They they are are, black folks there. They're all the help except for one woman. Oh boy, I don't want to see that shit. Do they the spend time period. Food? The time yeah. period. Whatever. In, in advertising. Mm, whatever. Are you trying? <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to show. You want him. Okay, all right. <laughs> I know you're, you're you're like I'm like I'm saying something crazy. No, no, like, no, no, no. I'm, black people were in advertising back then. No, <laughs> black people were in the elevator and advertising. Yeah, <laughs> hey boss, what flow? What flow? <laughs> <laughs> what flow? <laughs> what flow, boss? <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking role they played in fucking the fifties. Let's keep it one hundred. Shit, <laughs> not until the sixties and seventies that a, a black people what start flow? to really what flow, sir? Oh my god, you in the wrong place. Like when they first heard when the first black person showed up and actually had a fucking uh, you know a role there. Right, a, you know, a significant role. Who the fuck are you? What, you go to the wrong floor, sir. Mm-hmm. No, this no, is it was. It, I think black women were were probably first. As Whoever the first was, yeah. But anyway, the first yeah. were. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You didn't know they got that look. Shit. Look, I, 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 I think that's a good show. I think Breaking Bad's a great show. Um, great. I mean, Breaking Bad is like. I think it might have been the best show, the best series I've ever watched on television. There was no hole. It was, it was good from the beginning to the end, and you saw uh, how the, the I would end. Say there were a few holes, but I mean, it was. I mean, I'd give it a ninety out of a hundred, mm-hmm. um, because I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that series. I, I guess I'm gonna have to try to watch it because you guys are trying to convince me, and I want and I want to get into it. I want to watch like the I show. Felt. Don't do it. You're gonna feel like no. feel like I felt before Mad Men. Because I it's not it's like not time show. to watch it. It's not time to yeah. watch it. 
I and I maybe that's be. what it was. I'm not in the mood to watch this show. I think you need COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, think you you're fed up with the. You're fed up with the with the white establishment. You're like, <laughs> not these motherfuckers again. <laughs> I don't want to keep looking at these whites. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. I don't know. Wait, this is what I meant to look up. Have do you know if there were black writers on this show on Mad Men? Yeah. No, come nah, I don't Why know. I don't know. Uh, that's what I meant. I'm going to look that up. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I, I, I would imagine it's possible, but it yeah. doesn't seem likely. If there's a room of twelve writers, there's probably maybe one black writer. Because I mean, probably writing the uh, the uh, elevator page uh, part. That's great, Keisha. Keep them coming. <laughs> See, no one delivers a. Uh, elevate a line like Keisha does. <laughs> Thanks, Keisha. Thanks for writing that. She she only wrote on two shows. <laughs> Episode three, uh, season four. What floor balls? <laughs> and what floor balls? What was that thing that Keisha said in episode three? Uh, what floor boss? Let's bring it back. Yes, that's what yeah. it was. Great, Great line. job, oh, Keisha. Oh, my God. Great line, Keisha. Um, and oh. I want to... What? Sorry, speaking of fear of the white establishment. So after we wrapped today, I went to Walmart, which is just a few doors down from here. And I was actually, my head was on swivel, like back in the 90s swivel. Mm. Because now I don't trust any white man walking around mm. where I can't see his hands because they're liable to start shooting anywhere anywhere where there's a gathering of people i no longer trust trust uh white men but but this is the of the traumatic effect of the news that we're watching because i feel the same way when i was in uh, walmart up in connecticut a while back i actually felt myself being defensive and looking at people Mm. and i was like what is that about and then i realized i there is a real concern that someone might start letting off in this in this store and and I think we're already tuned into that because of the generation we grew up in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we went we went to backyard and house parties and basement right. parties where people ready to bounce right at any moment. Yo, it, it's like I, nigga, when I get out the car at the parking lot, who the fuck are these kids over here? This is why, why they go. Why they wearing black? What's all that black they got on? Right. <laughs> but then why you got that weird ass haircut? He looked like a killer. Yeah, you, you're fucking. But then head. you think, at least I think for myself, when you're in these suburban areas, mm-hmm. that there's yeah. a, a level of safety. Oh, yeah, that's no, to it. it's worse. It's actually worse. No, I, I, I felt like it was. Guns. I felt like it was heightened here, walking into that Walmart, because I'm like, because I, I don't know. This place is strange. Like I'm looking at exits. I'm looking at what could I possibly hide behind? Mm-hmm. Because, but I think that this is what they actually are going for. They want people to be terrified. They're terrorists. Mm-hmm. They want people to be afraid. Yeah. Cause they'll hit you with your car. They hit you with the car. They hit you. They'll. Yeah. That's crazy. And you start yeah, shooting exactly. people. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Their trauma response is real and it's crazy. I, they should look, they're going to have to start stopping and frisking all white men. I think for the safety of the country of everyone. Yeah. I think Stop right. risk. Yeah. I want to talk about two other things. Well, three other things, but I'll talk about one other thing. So I ordered from Adidas. I don't know if you guys remember, I ordered from Adidas around Christmas time and I ordered a pair of sneakers for my wife to be delivered to the store 
<laughs> I we're in this again. Oh, I get a message that says, "Hey, your shipment is ready to pick up. Will be ready to pick up in one hour." So I'm like, "Cool. I'm not picking them up today. I'll pick them up tomorrow." Nah, son. I get to the store. Yeah, your your uh, order isn't here. But I have an email. Oh, I got another email that says, no, your order is not at the store. It has to be shipped to the store. So what they do in their system, they will send you this this happy feeling email to make you mm-hmm. feel like what you've done has been processed, been accepted and ready to be delivered. However, they then send you another email that says you're not getting your order until we say your order is ready absolutely ready so now i have to wait two or three days for the order to be ready but how do i know the order is ready because i think to myself damn i haven't heard from adidas in a while so i type in my uh order number and it says oh yeah your order's ready then a day later i get a message from adidas saying it's time to pick up your order so i told the person when i first left the store because and i was on a train because jesus christ i don't want to get into the jordan nearly thing but I was on the train for an hour only to find out that protesters were on the tracks stopping the train for an hour. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I I told a woman at Adidas and I was like, listen, this I know you're not going to do anything and I don't even know if you have the capability to do anything, but this system sucks. Because if I get a message that tells me that the order will be ready in an hour, I'm not looking for another message. You're on your way. Right. So then now I don't even get a message that says my order. I have to look it up first. And it says, and it, uh, the system tells me that your order is ready. So I was like, yo, I really hate this pickup uh, from the store system. And uh, I'm not going to do it again because uh, fool me once, uh, shame on me. Fool me twice, whatever George Bush said. So <laughs> you can't fool me again. <laughs> can't fool me again. Okay? <laughs> can't fool, fool me once. <laughs> can't get fooled again. <laughs> so with that, um, that's my check-in. This is Leon, and I am done speaking. What's good, people? This is Alaric. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr. Did I say Tumblr? Fluor. That's new. It's brand new. Just came out. Fluke, Etsy, Pinterest, Friendster, Hamster, X-Hamster. Oh, wait. That's my private account. Don't follow that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. As we honor Mental Health Awareness Month this May, we are privileged to have a distinguished guest join us. Please welcome, from the planet of Brooklyn, turns out, from the same block I grew up on. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Mr. Damon Avenger, renowned socio-emotional coach who has dedicated his life to helping individuals navigate the complexities of mental health. With his profound expertise in the field, Damon has touched countless lives by guiding them toward emotional well-being and resilience. With that said, please put your hands together and welcome the the therapist with the coolest last name, Damon Adventure. All right. <laughs> Yo, How y'all doing? Hold up. Real quick. I just He does have a dope last name, and I was thinking, if I had that in my phone as, like, 
therapist, Avenger. My dad, my wife, like, who the fuck? Who, who, the, who, <laughs> who is she? Avenger. <laughs> like, you couldn't think of anything better than that. <laughs> That's a dope name, though. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I appreciate it. How so, you doing well, today? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Um, Welcome, man. Thanks for having me. There's so many avenues and paths we can go down in this conversation, but I thought it'd be best to kind of start with your origin story since you are an Avenger. Um, <laughs> what what got, what put you on this path of uh, being a therapist? What has helped kind of guide you in, in your work? My origin story is, is simple but corny. It's, it's in two parts, though. I used to work for, if you live in New York City, Administration for Children's Services, ACS. I used to work in the Children's Center. And they had to always send distant learning classes where you take, they'll pay for the first three classes of your master's. So I'm putting it off, putting it off. And then I'm like, I wanted to be a manager. So the manager was making 85000 a year with no overtime. I said, oh, I want that job. But I also had a son who was, as he got older, was developed with special needs. So I'm like, just, damn, I don't know how to deal with a kid who has special needs. So I started taking the classes. And first, every class I took, the teacher said, oh, you're going to be a great therapist. In my head, I'm like, I'm taking non-credits so I can get this manager's job and I'll learn how to be like, whatever. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I can learn how to be my son's father. But as I kept doing it, and I'm like, this stuff is easy. It was like, it was just... Is stuff that you already do if you're attentive to people and you know how to, if you're a people person, if you're a good friend and a listener. So I'm doing it. And then I had an internship, my uh, director, she was like, oh, you're going to be a great therapist. And I'm sitting there looking like this. Damn, everybody knows, everybody see me and I don't see myself. So mm. as I was doing the work and then I remember my first week on the job, I tried to do how the book says to do it. I said, I'm never going to do that again. I said, I'm going to use my personality and use who I am to reach the people that I work with. So I talked to every kid, like I needed someone to talk to me when I was a kid, because I listened to them, I hear them. Like people want to be heard and seen and because they feel like no one understands them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do what I do. It goes back. I, as a kid, I had like, some difficulties, but I, I never really placed it until later on in life why I had the difficulties. My stepfather and my mother broke up. And I remember him saying one time, I'm gonna come pick you up. And he didn't show up. That was the worst pain I ever felt in my life. Because I felt like I did something wrong and he didn't love me no more. I acted out, have trouble in school, whatever case may be, trying to find myself. But then I realized it was an attachment issue. I felt abandoned. So it affected me and infected my relationships growing up at that point. It even affects me to this point now. And it's like, it just changed me. And I, like, I, I was a happy kid. Next year, I wasn't a happy kid no longer. So I make it my job. To, like I first started off working with young kids. And I only wanted to work with young black men. Because we're not seen and we're not heard, and people can't understand us. And I'm not afraid of y'all. And because, <laughs> no, okay, I'm six five, three hundred pounds, and I'm not afraid of you, bro. Say to me, <laughs> like I, I used to tell people, if I don't get threatened today or someone curse me out, I didn't do my job. <laughs> I, I worked in the school for twelve years, and every day someone would curse me out, threaten me, and I would laugh. And just like hey, whatever, sure, they say you really don't mean that. I said you don't want to see me like that. And they would just laugh. And I would tell them, I am not that therapist. <laughs> you you could talk that crazy stuff you want. Play with me if you want. And I would take them to play basketball. And then they would see that I was a little fast than they thought. And I was strong and quick. And they'd be like, oh, sure, I know he was that fast. So you never going to know him that fast. So up, up on you. And then mm-hmm. I gave them that level of respect. And then I never raised my voice. I talked to them in a low, calm manner. And 
I was telling them, if I had to put my hands on you, I already failed. And then they, they gave me my respect. And and, and I, would, I could be able to help them see things from a different light and a different perspective. So that's my origin story. And I always tell people, I work with the kid that could potentially kill my kid if he doesn't get support now. Wow. Because also as a therapist, I also do, I work with um, the Arches program, which helps young adolescents with a criminal justice history. So a lot of the kids I work with are about their life. So I would talk to them, try to help them change their thinking and change everything about them. But some kids you can reach, some kids you can't. Like some of my kids I see on the news now, I'm like this, oh, shoot, I worked with that kid. Oh, right. Like, you know, it beat a trauma. Like the young man that in Harlem with the two people in the store, I worked with him. Wow. Which which case was that? Oh, I'm sorry, because you can't say well, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, I mean, it was it's it's in the news. Uh, the most recent one, yeah, with the, was, the two uh, people in the smoke shop on 125th yeah. Street. So on I didn't hear about that. Street and Lennox, um, there was a young man who literally shot another brother in the head in the yeah. smoke shop, and as the guy stumbled onto the street, he shot him again in the back. Jeez. Wow! They have connected this gentleman to another shooting. I think one or two weeks prior to that yeah. murder. So he clearly, and the fact that he's a murderer video. Yeah. He's a murderer. He's literally a murderer. <laughs> a murderer. He's, they show the video where the guy walks yeah. in front of him. He just lifts the gun and just shoots him right in the head. And, and it's, it, it goes even deeper than that. Maybe like two years earlier, you ever heard a story about the young man that got the cops. He was doing graffiti and the cop shot the gun on his hand. No. There's, if you, if you Google it, cop shot the gun out of a young man's hand. Cause they said he reached the gun, pulled the gun out. Slippery, to shoot uh, Ron. Yeah. But, it was that young man. But when he was in our program, we were always trying to figure out, why are you in this program, dude? You're not built like that. You're not that type of kid. But the trauma that he experienced and his unresolved trauma impacts you differently. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's an ugly seed that gets planted and then you have to be something that you're not. And there's so many young people that are living that lifestyle because they feel like they have to. So I want to go back a little bit and unpack the term socio-emotional coach. Right. What exactly does that mean? No one wants to talk to a therapist. I'm, I'm, I'm a licensed master social worker. No one wants to talk to a therapist. So I said I had to play on words. But everybody go see a life coach. Everybody want to be on Ayala and fix my life. <laughs> so, Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that job. I'm, so, I'm, I'm mad they didn't give it to me. But it's like, so, but social emotions. You always walk like a feet hurt. <laughs> That's ancestral pain. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, she's carrying um, the, the ancestors exactly. on her back. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, social-emotional <laughs> development. So if, really you, if you understand your emotions and why you behave a certain way, and that people don't understand, everything is cause and effect. If you upset, but you don't have the language and, art and be able to articulate why you're upset and frustrated, you act out in different ways. Mm. You might punch somebody in the face because you, your parents arguing the night before and you go to school, mm. somebody say the wrong thing and you just jump on a teacher. But it would be, if you, I say, you'd be able to address it if you was able to talk to the um, guidance counselor or talk to a teacher and express to you, I'm frustrated because I think my parents are going to break up. I think this, because you, what you don't know to say these things is the, right. Eric Thomas talks about, it's a triple stage of darkness. You don't know that you don't know that you don't know. And so, so many people are carrying baggage of stuff that doesn't even belong to them. You know, and you carry that baggage with you into everything that you're doing, every relationship that you have. So if you help you with your social emotional development, I help you develop the language to understand why you're behaving the way you're behaving. I help you understand different coping techniques and different ways so you don't have to behave that way. And then I can help change your life and your thinking. Sometimes you got to put the mirror up in front of people so they can see who they truly are and not who they currently are at the moment. That's a powerful point. Even 
at this age, I'm constantly unlocking and unpacking what I didn't perceive or interpret as trauma. But honestly, through my relationships with my wife and my kids, I start to see how life has skewed my perception of what should be what what the reality that I should make for myself. And I was having a conversation with my wife. We were out a couple of days ago and we were just talking. And I just as as we're talking, I realized something that was happening with my parents. I had been carrying for decades and it was just through a casual conversation that I was able to make that connection. And this is me who's committed to doing personal work. Right. right. So I can't imagine someone who doesn't even have the tools or even have the insight or the will to want to have that kind of personal excavation. So, yeah, it's that's some powerful. I, and like you said, you do the personal de- development and growth on your own, but you hit certain layers. Mm-hmm. But you did by having a simple conversation that you didn't realize it was going to impact you a certain way. You dug into the root and you pulled the root out. So now you don't like, carry that this? baggage no longer. You don't carry that baggage no longer. Right. And people don't say you plant seeds that you don't know is going to be there until it impacts your relationships. Sometimes mm-hmm. people go through stuff in their early childhood with a mother or a father or something like that, that they carry into the next relationship. They carry through childhood, adult, adolescence. And as an adult in your relationships, you can't keep a job because you don't like the way the boss talks to you or you don't like the way a female boss talks to you because you feel that you remember your mother yelling at you, telling you that you weren't going to be good enough. So all that trauma that you're carrying, trauma is not just physical, it's emotional. And it's psychological. And we carry it, not realizing we're dragging that into everything that we do moving forward. And it impacts our kids because we pass it down. Absolutely. Hmm. I was going to ask about, um, because we were talking about um, children, I was thinking about, you know, us us as fathers. And and I know sometimes I deal with, I have a four and a six-year-old. I deal with them acting out in certain circumstances. And we can't even really figure out why this is happening. But as you were saying, you know, something before affects what's happening with them now. Like, can you give some advice on how to get to that before thing so we can sort of understand what they're feeling now, especially with a four and a six-year-old? They they don't have the language to tell me. Sometimes you have to let the behavior play out. And then you say, do you think that what we just did helps? And then they'll know, know why you do it. Because I'm mad. What made you mad? And as you let them tell you what made them mad, they'll start to realize I should not have reacted this way. I should have done it differently. But it takes, it's like cause and effect, but it has to take place over some time. It doesn't just happen instantly. There is no magic pill. So so you just have to let it play out. And then after a while, they realize if I react this way, this is what's going to happen. So it's a continuous conversation. Absolutely. To get them to. And and you just point it out to them because, like, we, we, I'm saying, we all grew up under the belt, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, I always tell people, it teaches you two things. There's consequences for your actions and it teaches you how far you can go. And sometimes just using your words, as, as we tell people, it's like, use your words. You don't have to always put your hands on kids. Like I, I have seven kids. I don't have, I think if I beat them a combined five times, that's a lot because I, I talk and you get tired of me talking to you after a while. And you guys are like, okay, let me do what this man has to say. So it tells me to do because <laughs> you get tired of him. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. So you get, you get it. And after that, I think, oh, wow. Because I always tell everybody, anybody I work with, you didn't meet me because I'm the coolest dude you ever met. And I, got, I, wear, I wear nice voltage. You met me because what you would do wasn't working. Mm. So with a six and four year old, it's unfortunately used the word trial and error. You just have to continue repeatedly do it. It's repetitive. It's muscle memory. So after a while, they get it. 
and you like you don't have to really say too much. You sometimes you just got to give them a look, and they go, "Yeah, I'm doing too much." <laughs> mm. I, I think the, the the continue to talk. I think wives use this the same technique. Oh yeah, <laughs> they use the same exact technique. Because <laughs> because they think we don't get it, but we right, heard right. it the first time. But we, like you said, we're we're adults now. We don't have to listen to you. <laughs> and then you, like, that's when you get to the yes, dear. Right. Yeah, oh, you're okay. Like, like I, I say, I, 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 sometimes I feel like a punk. Sometimes I be like, "Why are you talking me like this?" <laughs> I, I tell her, I say, "You know, you can't beat me, right?" <laughs> I, I have to reassure myself that I can't be beat. <laughs> and, and, but and the funny thing is, you say, my, I tell people, my wife is my bodyguard because she stops me from being me. Because sometimes I respond as a hurt fifteen-year-old kid because it's issue survivor's remorse. I've been jumped before. You know, being in a neighborhood I shouldn't have been in, <laughs> and like whatever the case may be, but I never dealt with those that pain, that trauma, and I always blamed myself. Like, if I'd have did this, I'd have did that, that, it would have been differently. No, it wouldn't have been different. <laughs> More people would probably got hurt. It could have been something different, right? right. And you would not be here today. Mm-hmm. So I never addressed it. So I respond differently. If you're too close, I don't get on crowded elevators. I try not to take crowded trains because you're too close. Because like I said, I've been jumped. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so it respond like that. So those layers of stuff that come from that was buried, it's, it's an onion. You keep peeling, you keep peeling. And after a while, you're like, damn, this is why I react or respond the way I respond. But if you address it early, they develop the tools, like you said, repetitively to understand what to do and what not to do. So, we were taught through the beating. We knew we couldn't do it after we got beat a few times. Oh, I can't do this no more because this ain't going to work. But if you right. use your words, you don't have to go through that. It's a different generation. Old, old tactics don't work on new generation generational people. Right. Very true. Because I, I think I've hit my kids twice collectively, and they have never let me forget it. <laughs> <laughs> these kids are, you know, these kids are never. quick to fucking call the authorities, too. Right? <laughs> well, they know they, they know the numbers. They, they, they know their rights. They will right. text the motherfucker. They will text an 800 number quick. <laughs> this motherfucker done put his hands on me. Send help. <laughs> they will fucking rat on you in a minute. We didn't rat on our parents because we knew they provided the food and the thing. These kids yeah. don't see. Well, we didn't even have that as an option. I didn't know yeah. I could call someone right. other yeah. than my they grandmother. Didn't t- they didn't tell you you could call anybody. <laughs> right. and, there was, and there was no commercial. There were no back stickers then. or signs around school. Right. Like, if there you're in no trouble, commercial. you need help. No. There were no yeah. sad face uh, posters nowhere. No. <laughs> nowhere. No schools I went to, there were no sad face posters. It was just you deal with it. You had to chalk it up. Just you yourself had to rub some dirt on it. That was yeah. all it was. It was rub some dirt on that situation. Take, take some ginger ale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Saltines, nigga. Yeah. You, you got <laughs> But to be honest, like, we, we, everyone we grew up around, it was normal. It was normal yeah, exactly. to be in. So there was nobody to call. <laughs> I mean, right. And they were classroom just, beatings. Yeah, Remember oh, the classroom right. beatings? Come, come to the school and teachers let it happen. Right. Like the classroom beatings? Yeah. I, I never I saw I've it, but I've heard of it. I think I've witnessed in my entire life, I think I've witnessed at least two classroom beatings. Two. Same. <laughs> at least Same. two. At least Both two traumatic. that I remember that were, that were very traumatic. And I remember because if you were the first kid to see the parent in the hallway, you automatically knew to act right. Yeah. And everybody would be looking at you like, why the fuck? You ain't acting the fool. You usually the one, the ringleader. <laughs> I already see the parent in the hallway. It's not my parent. It's somebody's parent. It don't yeah. matter. It's an adult that is not school. They're, right. they're not staff. 
They don't staff member. They in a they in a work uniform. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> whoever the kid is who's acting up doesn't see the father or father or the mother. And the, the snatching of the child and the Ooh, pulling to the up. front of the to the classroom and the child getting beat and the That's teacher would sit there. Yo, the whole situation was traumatizing. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it, it, I, I never, I, I, I never saw it. Twice. I never it saw it is straight theater. To yeah. watch someone else yeah. get their ass, yeah, ass whooped. Yeah. And, and everybody's never going to forget it. Man, no. I, you remember no. that day your mother came to school? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's Yo, true. He, and he definitely didn't forget. It's, I mean, it, I remember I remember what it was like to, to hear my sister get a beating. And yeah. that was fucking traumatizing. You, you'd be flinching. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yo, man. Yeah, that school beating shit was ridiculous, though. That put the fear of God in every child in the school. You didn't want to be the next person on Price is Right, nigga. I don't want to get my ass beat. They put in the classroom. I don't want Vincent, that. come on down. No, at that point, that beating. See, this is this is what you was you were alluding to earlier, I believe. The psychology of it, the psychological warfare of it, how it put everybody in their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You weren't even getting this. You weren't getting the lashes. Now you knew in your mind that you've been a fuck up. You've done some stupid shit. Maybe not deserving of that, right? right? Nobody deserved that. Not public display of ass whoopery. That's just ridiculous. It goes back to post traumatic slavery dis- um, disorder. Yes, because you, yes. you 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 break the you break the buck and everybody fall in line. Yeah. I, well, look, my, my mom would have never beat me in school. Because I would have been outside the school. <laughs> Catch me outside. How <laughs> oh, out I'm, I'm going to get a beating, so I might as well take this home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You can catch Let's me with this at home. Look, look, what's the practice at home? Catch me with this at I'll be waiting on the bus stop. Even if, if I'm if I'm too far from home, I'm waiting on the bus stop. You just beat me here. <laughs> beat me away from the school. I'm not going to get right. embarrassed for the whole school. Oh, my not God. happening. Not happening. Oh, my God. They're going to they gonna hear about it, but they ain't going to they see it. And remember, back in our day, school safety chased you outside. You wasn't getting out the building. I mean, is, is this so? You, you're dealing with this still. You, you, you still deal with the youth and everything like that, correct? Um, I, I don't work in the school no longer, uh-huh. but I work at a clinic, and I, okay. um, I do a lot of um community work and um work with a few organizations, just working with um, young kids. I work. Um, okay. I still my age group of people I work with is age from six to um, sixty. Okay. You know, because I, I love what I do. I love my people, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of free therapy because mothers will call me because I don't have my I don't have my second license to, to practice independently. So I have to practice mm-hmm. in the clinic, mm-hmm. and like my clinic don't take a lot of insurances because mm-hmm. they. So I have to. So our parents will call me, and I'm like, okay, I'll see your son for free, or mm-hmm. I'll work with your child for free. Because who am I to turn down another young black man that I could save from possibly making the wrong turn? And it's like, like it's my it's my obligation. It's, it's I'm, I tell people I'm doing God's work because mm. He gave me the ability to reach the people. Like if Jesus was here on this earth, and I'm not even that religious type of dude. If Jesus was here on earth, He wouldn't be with the preachers and the, the presidents. He'll be in the street with the people. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus couldn't afford to hang out with them. That's the yeah, first part. That, that too. <laughs> here comes Jesus again. You know, <laughs> with his broke Lord, ass. Lord, with his broke ass. I guess he's gonna have me pay the bill because he's Jesus. If I don't pay the bill, I might go to hell. So. You know, you know and Jesus he, runs up a bill. You know, so he, he if he asks for water, next you know he got a wine. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you ordered. <laughs> Merch drop. 
What's up, y'all? We need y'all to support this podcast. Pick yourself up a t-shirt. Pick yourself up a hoodie. They're soft. They're poly tri-blend. Luxurious. Warm. They're furry on the inside. They're really plush. You can sleep in them. Your wife can sleep in it. Your daughter can steal it. And she can sleep in it. Go over to Decoding40Pod.com and get yourself a t-shirt, a hoodie, whatever you like. Decoding40Pod.com what kind of challenges are you finding that a lot of uh, young people are, are dealing with, um, particularly in this current age? It's, it's gang culture. Current time. It's gang culture. Gang culture is so prominent and dominant. It's like this. We remember what it is to not have. So we work so hard so our kids could have. But while working so hard, we're not with our kids. Mm-hmm. So who's left to parent our kids? The streets. Mm-hmm. And street culture looks so beautiful on the internet, they want to be part of it. So they, they end up joining gangs or being part of something just to be part of a family because their parents are at work. And because you got to work hard because you got to get that house, keep that house, got to keep the car. Got, they want these Jordans. But I tell kids, you, you want so much, but you understand you got to do a little bit more to get a little bit more. I remember when Jordans was $50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if you get a, you, you can't get a pair. You can't get a pair of pro cares for six fifty dollars now. Mm-hmm. Things close to one now. Inflation is it's inflation. So a lot of parents aren't with their kids. So and then what? How the how uh, the different shifts spread out? You not with your kids. So the game culture is dominant. Everybody wants to be Nipsey Hussle or Chief Keith. And I tell these kids, Chicago doesn't want to be Chicago. Why would you want to act like Chicago? <laughs> I, I wish they would all be Nipsey. Yeah, but but, but, you, but Nipsey had to go through stuff to become Nipsey. Yeah, well, not the dead, not not the dead version. Of <laughs> no, no, but Nipsey, he, but he he the hustle be, version. Yeah, he, he had to be in the streets before he become the the, the, the right. professional true that, man true. that he become. Yeah. But some he kids elevated don't get to that level. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they don't get to that level. And some of these kids don't want to read now. They think it's something wrong with being educated. I said, there's nothing wrong with being educated. I said, all the people you look up to work for somebody. Mm. <laughs> I, said, I said the billionaires are the ones that went to school and are nerds I said that's what that's what that puppy got money from a person who's a billionaire and then went to college right. and I said, so he, he's a worker he, he made have you believe it, he's a boss <laughs> but but you, he's a worker and I tell so many kids y'all have poor work ethic y'all don't want to do what y'all need to do y'all, y'all, y'all want the instantaneous lifestyle y'all see the highlight film don't realize that a person had to go through a hundred falls and, fa- and failures in order to get that one shot I mean so, but that's what social media is it is oh, a yeah. constant highlight reel yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's like it's the mentality of somebody it's, it's they just they want it fast they don't want to work for it and it's like mm. scamming has these people thinking that they put the, the money phone to the ear so they see that image and they think that they could do that too not realizing you're destroying your life you, you once you get a felony what financial aid you get you you can't you can't go to college you know what I'm saying and, and I say young black men don't graduate high school some some of them drop out so early you like just do you're not even yourself a fighting chance and it's, it's I think it's hard for them to see options I think yeah. there's not a lot of hope I was talking to uh, guys about this last week, but um, in the way that our neighborhoods are starved of resources, people are looking for ways to get the things that society says that they should have or they should want or they should desire. You know, every time we see a celebrity walk on the red carpet, they're selling something. They're selling a lifestyle. They're selling the uh, Balenciaga. They're selling Gucci. They're selling... And then they're telling these kids that you have to have this in order to be as glamorous as me, but I'm not giving you the resources or the knowledge to get it. So your only options are these drugs that are readily available or these scams. Yeah. And and it's like 
Like I said, social media is the greatest and the worst tool in the world. You can meet anybody across the world. Like even social media, I get, I get clients off of social media and I support everybody. But this, the negative stuff that we see, the negative images that's just pouring down inside our brain is um, at one time world star to me was funny. But now it's so traumatic. Like I stopped watching all these fight videos and all this negative stuff because mm. If you work on the streets, no one breaks up a fight any longer. They pull their phones out. They they think that they're going to be to get the next great video, and then they're like, uh, and I'll break up a fight in a minute. My wife gets mad at me all the time. Why? I said because that could be my kids. That could be our kids. What are you doing? Right. Said, have you heard of I, this? Sorry, have you yes, heard of this new phenomenon of the thirty second fights? No. So kids who want to fight go to a, a designated area. They set a timer for thirty seconds. <laughs> Everyone has their phones out. Wow. They fight for 30 seconds and either it ends or it continues into melee, depending on yeah. the trajectory of, of the fight. Yeah. But the and fact it, that they have created this thing, Fight Club, it's, it's yeah. exactly what it is. I'm not totally mad at it. You're not totally mad at it? No, because there's going to there's going to be disputes between people. Right. right. And when we were growing up, you had a fight and. You might be friends with that person two weeks later, but nobody died. So if okay. we can do it, if we can box for thirty for thirty seconds, and that, and then we squashed it. If this if we can squash it, this generation can't fight. There's <laughs> that part too. Um, you fascinate me every week, sir. I I would not have expected you to say that, but I <laughs> but I understand your point. I that's actually okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. This I, is I'm, bad. I'm, <laughs> because because kids are, are afraid to knuckle up. They're afraid to take a punch. Like they're they're pulling out guns. The camera. Who's the most famous black girl on World Star to this day? The most famous black girl on Shakisha. Shakisha? See? Oh, see? <laughs> we all know that name. She yeah, Sha Shakisha more. makes a, a a couple of appearances on the show. Shakisha. Shakisha. Shakisha, no. Shakisha, no. <laughs> that that changed the world because everybody yeah. just started pulling cameras out and, try, and trying to get that 30 second like you said that two five minute five, um clip yeah and it's like so like this generation they can't fight as soon as you start losing everybody's jumping in next show it's a whole big thing next show bigger brothers are coming uncles is coming and someone's going to someone's house to go get that like you said that gun right yeah you know it's like you you, you i would say kids i can't tell you not to fight because sometimes i act aggressively but i only act aggressively in defense of my family and but I can tell you the consequences for your actions. Mm -hmm. And like I know if I do this, like if I get into a fight right now, I lose my license. My wife likes to go on trips and cruises. If I lose my license, <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm gonna cut my nose off to spite my face and throw a punch. And it's like, like I said, I'm not a little guy, so I know if I'm fighting, I'm gonna put some time for damage. Even mm -hmm. accidentally I could do some damage. Mm, right. And so, but is it worth it? And then, like, like I always say, when I worked in the school, I tell people, I say three things: Is my mother going to be mad? How much trouble I'm going to get in? And is it worth it? So mm. I have to think that quickly in three seconds. And after a lot of times, I'd be like, No, I'm good. And I tell kids, I'd be like, Nah, brother, we don't want to do this. I say we don't want to do this because I don't want to do this, but I will if I have to. But I don't want right. to do this. And I gave you the respect of the title of my brother because you're my brother. I'm not gonna call you nigga. I'm not gonna. Uh, I call black man King. What up, King? How you doing, King? What's up, beloved? Because we got the mentality that we words hurt. You know, sticks and stones may break. Words, words hurt. Mm. Nigga, you look at yourself as less than. 
So you change the way a person thinks of themselves and they look at themselves, they'll carry themselves differently. So engaging in a fight with you, I don't win. I win the fight physically, but I don't win in the long run because now I created an enemy and I probably lose my job. And next year I got problems in my household. Mm-hmm. The ugly cycle and not, it's like A through E causes all type of problems. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, it's like the main problems is the mentality of the young men now. They feel like they have to be savages as one of the things they say and, and, and be out there in these streets. I mean, I tell you, I'm in these streets, but I'm on the sidewalk. I, I cross on green, not in between. <laughs> <laughs> and I told I have look I have, both I have, ways. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I can't push off like I used to. Yeah, <laughs> with, with a car coming. So mm. I said I have not been tough since I was 15, mm. but I, but I've never been a sucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told these guys I'm not a sucker. I said you run up if you want. After the first two punches, I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> but I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to hit you because, like I said, you're my brother. It's not mm-hmm. King versus Abel. It's Abel and Abel. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's the mentality because everybody feels like they have to be – no one wants to be last, as they like to say. And so if you help them think and see themselves differently, they'll behave differently. And it's hard to compete with social media. It's hard to compete with the nigger mentality. And it's hard to be able to compete with the gangs because I can't tell you to not scam because I can't offer you nothing but a, a Wendy's job or a McDonald's job. And right. you, you have no work ethic, so you're not going to sit there when the boss tells you, you ain't do that right, do that. Go go mop the, go mop the lobby. You're mm-hmm. not built like that. <laughs> you quit. Right. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different, uh, definitely a different mentality. And, and it, you can't compete. The current education system is over, it's antiquated. So it, it yeah. can't compete with the technology that's in the palm of their hand. They can basically, yeah. basically Google their entire school history. Yes. Uh, or they can Google everything that they're learning right now. Yeah. And then on top of the fact that the education system is messed up as it, the way it is, and now they're even making it worse because now they've got this whole, you know, anti this, anti that. So they even yeah. trying to dumb it down even more. These kids are bored half the time. So what do you And create? they're like at school. It's like let me let me go do something else. And you, you create drones and workers. Yeah. And inmates. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Basically. For sure. <laughs> Basically. So in New I, York City, we all live in a piece of me for cutting your wisdom. No, go ahead, man. When, when's, the, <laughs> when's the last time you seen them build a school in New York City? Uh, build a brand new school? A brand new school. Not not refurnish or re re re, re, re renovate, build a school. Well, well I, I used to live they built a couple. Yeah, I used to live in Crown Heights in uh I guess that was about ten years ago. How many how many how many prisons they built? Oh. How many jails? <laughs> <laughs> Can we even count them? Right. Yeah, they don't they don't want to I listen, I, I work I work across the street from Brooklyn House. They re, mm. they they renovating and rebuilding something over there. I'm like this, damn, okay. They don't they don't want to educate you, they want to lock you up. They mm. they need you to to work for twenty five cents a day. You don't want to work for seven fifty hour, but you go work for twenty five cent a day. But it's part of the leadership, though, in these schools. I was going to tell a story. Um, my wife and I were working with this client who wanted to uh, bring uh, live streaming to a presentation where students were going to present on the two thousand fifteen uh, United Nations Sustainability Project. And I had talked with a bank who was willing to underwrite the project, but in exchange, what they wanted to do was just have time with the students to talk about financial literacy. That sounds good. The leadership of the school said, what does this have to do with this project and kill the project? And I said to myself, I don't care if they were talking about making chocolate. If you have an opportunity to bring a bank representative who's not selling you any 
of the bank's resources. They just wanted to make them aware of certain tools and uh, technologies and things that were available to them from a consumer standpoint and not selling this specific bank. I don't care. You you have a, a audience of people who are going to be move, graduating into the world soon who very well may not have no connection with a bank. And this would have been the first opportunity to give them that chance to make a connection to financial literacy. So two opportunities lost. Two yeah, I mean, the whole financial literacy thing right there is a no-brainer to me because that's that's what's missing for a lot of these kids that graduate from high school. I remember the predatory shit that, that we went through when I went to, as soon as you get on campus, every credit right. card is there credit ready to fucking and to put low. you in debt. To, 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 yeah, to put you right into the circle of uh, the, the demon. Yeah, <laughs> the demon of debt. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's not it's not built to educate <laughs> at all. It's it's built to create, like you said, drones. Yeah, it's like I mean, to piggyback off what you said, like I used to work with all the, the more difficult students. I worked at a District Seventy Five school, and for, but also with kids who had a mental health diagnosis. So a lot of them came from the psych wards in the hospitals, but they also had educational behavioral issues. So a lot of the teachers had difficulty managing them in class, and they said, "Oh, how can you deal with them?" And I said, "You got to ask yourself: Do you want to deal with this kid twelve o'clock in the afternoon or twelve o'clock in the morning?" I said, "If I can help him now, you don't have to worry about him twelve o'clock in the morning trying to get you." Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm built for it. You're not. No. <laughs> right. Right. And they would look at me like, "Ooh, wow!" I said, "Yeah." I said, "So help this kid now, so he doesn't see you later." Because I said, "New York is small. You're going to bump into this kids, these kids again, mm-hmm. and they don't forget." So, at all, especially if you treat them bad, they don't forget. I want to pivot a little bit. Um, we've we've recently gone through a pandemic, and yes, there was a lot of isolation. And in that, I think one of the things that started to change in our culture is the idea that therapy being more acceptable. Yes. And particularly in our community and even more particularly in the circle of black men. With that, there's still some stigmatization around going to see a therapist. How would you speak to that or how do you speak to that when talking to people who might be resistant from going to see a therapist? Right. So I have this event I've done two years in a row. It's called Destigmatizing Mental Health in the Black Community. Right. So and I tell every person I've ever met, like I work with EAP now, Employee Assistance Program for the city. So a lot of times I'm the first person to contact a person makes with a therapist or try to speak to a therapist. And I explain to them, I'm the best friend that you didn't realize that you needed to have in your life until you met me. I said, because I'm non I'm non-judgmental. I listen well and I don't give advice. I just point out the stuff that you already know that you need to do because you already have the answer. You're just not willing to do it yet. So when you talk to men, you yeah, explain to them. There's nothing wrong with addressing the stuff that you've been running from, you know, say because you're not ready to face it. But I said, mm-hmm. do you want your kids to go through what you went through or do you want your kids to be better than you? And you just, as they think about it, because every every father's idea was for their kid to be a better person than who they were. So and so as you helped him, I have one client. I worked with him. He loved me working for him. So, well, he wanted me to work with his son. And his son is in college. And, and, I, and I ended up working with his son for free. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But, but, but he knew that I could reach his son because I reached him because he had, he was court mandated. That's the reason why he came to speak to me. And when, once his court mandation was over, he still kept speaking with me because mm-hmm. I didn't judge him and I allowed him to speak. And then say nothing when he was wrong, I'm like, do you think that's the best option you could have chose? And he was like, yeah, you're right. And it's like, but you, cause you know, I'm not going to say nothing no different than what you already know, but you're just not ready to face it yet. 
like I said, when you put the mirror in front of people, sometimes we try to we don't want to look at that reflection. But if you stay, like I said, COVID has made us look at ourselves differently now because mm-hmm. we couldn't run to do nothing differently. We had to sit there with ourselves and sit there with our stuff. And once you sit with your stuff, you realize like, yo, my shit stink. I got to do something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you say, I got to do something different. The title of my book, whenever I finished writing it, is how much shit are you willing to eat? We don't like the smell of shit. So how much shit are we going to eat? Right. We're going to do something to change it. So as, as men, we start thinking like, and then you don't talk down to a man because I'm your brother. I'm not going to talk down to you. We're going to sit there together. Superman has super friends for a reason. I'm your super friend. Right, right. I think you're mixing your um, universes, though. No, no. Superman, Superman. It's DC. That's right. You're Marvel. No, no. Superman. <laughs> you're an Avenger. You're an Avenger. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, actually, uh, he is mixing universes. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Mr. Avenger, but you're <laughs> not with DC. I, I like the X-Men more than I like the Avengers. <laughs> still with Marvel, so you're still in the same universe. You can't mix universes again. <laughs> but, 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 my analogy doesn't work if I don't use it. <laughs> I have to cross the wires, so I had to without that. I wanted to just talk about um because I know that that the numbers have been on the rise with black men and and suicide. And I, I really would just want to talk to to our audience and give them some ways of dealing with the weight of whatever it is that they're dealing with. And like when they're feeling that, when it's feeling that heavy. And I always tell people all the time, you don't want to die. You just want the stuff that you're going through to be done and over that life to be over that you're going through it. You you have to talk about it because so many people, we hide so much from other people because we don't want to seem soft. We don't want to rely on other people. We don't, we don't want to feel needy. But you don't have to do this alone. Like we talked about in the beginning, I can't carry your load for you. I can show you how to carry it better and take out the stuff that don't belong to you. And some of the stuff that we carry, and I always tell people, so it's none of our fucking business. And mm. we carry that into our, uh, we carry that with us everywhere. And w- once you leave that shit alone, life moves differently for you. Because now That's you're like, oh, I'm stressing over some shit that ain't even got nothing to do with me. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that song, like, drink water and mind my business. Mm-hmm. But if you mind your fucking business, you ain't got no issue. And it's like, because you like, you, you carrying, like, that's his stuff. Like, what's on your plate is just on your plate. I, I, I can't eat what you get. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but the thing is, so many men are afraid to talk to another man or talk to someone. And even if you don't talk to another man, talk to someone that you can trust. And like some people listen to your problems so they can have they be happy that you have a problem. But you know who you could talk to who you can't talk to. And I and I tell everybody I've ever worked with or I knew as a friend, I always tell them, because I see it in them, they say, Yo, I ask them, yo, you good? And they go, Yeah, right. You say that. I say, you know, you can call me if you need me. I say, if you just gotta call me, you can say, Yo, Damon, fuck you and hang up. I'm okay with it. Because you're going through something, just that psychic ability to talk to someone and get it off your chest and move forward means I can stop you from cursing out or hurting your family or hurting mm. someone else or hurting yourself. I know it's not for me, but you could target it at me because I'm built for it because I know you didn't do something to someone else. But so many people holding so much stuff, you holding so much stuff, you're going to burst. Mm. And, you, and you make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion because you overwhelmed and you just say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just, no, just relax because the world needs you more than you realize that you need, you need it. When I, I worked in school, I had this group of girls that when I first got there, they used to, they told me, they used to wake up every morning and make a decision if they were going to kill themselves that day. Wow. 
And I sat there and said, yo, you're selfish. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you don't realize the impact and the power that you have on other people's lives. The sun doesn't do anything but stay one billion miles away from this planet. But if the sun ceased to exist, life on this planet wouldn't exist. Everything revolves around the sun. You are important to other people that you don't realize the impact that you have on them. If something happened to you, you impact that person and that person's family because they're no longer the same without you being here. And even if you don't even speak to them, just the impact of you being around is enough for them because they can still see you. But without mm-hmm. you being here, now their life goes down and their, their family's mm-hmm. life goes down. So you don't realize how many people that you impact by you doing something selfish and everybody else. Because people still have to live without you being here. Them girls didn't kill themselves at different times. They all came to speak to me and I didn't even work with them. Mm-hmm. But they trusted me enough that they could share with me. And it's like men don't have, they feel, we, we feel, I'm going to say, I'm going to put me in that category. We don't feel that we have someone that understands us or sees us. And Men need to have a purpose. If you don't mm-hmm. have a purpose, what are you going to do? You get yourself into all type of stuff that has nothing to do with you. See, mm-hmm. not minding your fucking business. Yeah, right. But if you have a purpose, you take care of your purpose and there's no time for nothing else. I've, I've been in individual therapy since 20, probably like early 2019, on and off because I, I switched, I switched therapists a couple of times. But anyway, let's talk to those folks that have some hesitation about going to see therapy, going to see a therapist. I like, I understand the benefit of it now because I, I've heard the excuses. It's it, it you know it's hard to find. It's it's expensive. It's you know, but you, you make things your priority, right? And and thing is, it's hard to find because you got to find you got to find a person that understands you and that's understand not going to allow you to dance around the issues that really are impacting you instead of bringing up the issues that you think is is bothering you. There's, there's, like I said, there's stuff under the iceberg that you don't realize is there. And then once you bring it up and you address it, you're like, oh, wow, damn, I didn't realize that affected me like that. And it's like, you just need to keep searching till you find the person that fits. You don't go to the sneaker store and put on the first shoe you see. Some people do, please forgive me, but you find the right size and you find your size. And you just have to trust to opinions and other people, someone will say, oh, I got a good therapist for you. Someone you need to talk to. Oh, I know you can go. And it's just like that. Just keep searching. And if you need me to help you find someone, reach out to me. And if I can't help you, I'll point you in the direction of someone who can. But, you know, just closed mouth don't get fed. And you, we live in New York City. You know what they say? See something, say something. And just keep keep going because don't give up. Because the world the world does not improve without you being here. Because your, your, your energy and your light is needed to impact people who you don't even realize are watching you to see what you do. So keep on trying to keep on searching till you find a person that, that gets you. Mm, that's big. I think that hit the nail on the head. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I know you have a book. No, 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 no. I have a book, but we don't talk about that book. That book gets me in trouble. But I'm working on my next one. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, shit's in the title of the one you're writing now. So what's in the title of the one that gets you in trouble? No, 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 no. <laughs> the Miseducation of Black Fight. Well, we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> my, my book will be... <laughs> Did you say... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say <laughs> The Miseducation of Black Pipe? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a metaphor. Because you know what I'm saying? Cause, like, Clearly. Pipe, everything goes through a fight. <laughs> but the, the book, my, my, my book, next book will be, it's, on, it's the story of brokenness in men. How much shit are you willing to eat? Because we're broken. Because when you're broken, you allow toxic people into your life. You, you, right. you allow trauma to become your culture. There are so many 50 to 60-year-old little babies because they still 
are impacted by what happens to you as a kid that you you grown physically, but emotionally you're still a child. Because whatever trauma happened to you is the age that you stay stuck in until you release it or you resolve mm-hmm. that issue. So you you like a hamster on a you like a hamster on a on a wheel, just going around, going around. You getting older physically, but you're not you're not growing emotionally. That's huge. Arrested development. So brokenness. That how much shit are you gonna need? You know, so funny. Um, that used to be a running joke at a startup that I worked at, and the answer would be, depends on how much bread you have. <laughs> <laughs> because my shit to bread ratio I got about three slices to each turd so am I gonna get a knife how so I can spread the shit determine uh, how much shit you will need can I toast the bread <laughs> what am I do, you, doing? Do, you, do you have to spread it or do you eat it like a loaf I don't know uh, anyway. <laughs> do you slice it oh man oh wow man. Yeah. Well, Damon, brother, we appreciate you stopping by. I think I this is a conversation having... that we had to have to revisit often. Um, yes, so right. absolutely. we would love to have you come back and just, um, drop some more jewels on us. How can the people reach you? My Facebook page is um, Damon Avenue Social Emotional Coach. Instagram, Damon Avenue Social Emotional Coach. My Twitter, Damon Avenue Social Emotional Coach. You can reach me at DamonAvenger at gmail.com. You know, consultation and stuff like that. I gave a free hour consultation. So, you know, if you sign up, if therapy is for you, if it's not for you, or coaching is for you, mm-hmm. if not for you. Hopefully, they, since Ayala's not coming back to her show, they can give me that job. Oh, she's not coming it. back? No, no, she retired. So they can give me that fix your life. You had to show. go. She's, uh, she's apparently getting foot surgery so she can... Heal from limp. She always walk like her feet hurt. I love Ayana. You know, no, you know. Oh, I no, on the other foot. I, I don't believe that she's retiring. Yeah, they, she's gonna fix her life. She's gonna be movie. like MJ. She's just gonna change her jersey number. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show, man. We appreciate no it. Problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Decoding Forty. Tune in this and every Friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40, goddammit.